Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Look, uh, ball player, ball player, no watching from the side. Said that you got him next, well, go ahead and show him why. No limits in the sky. Go ahead and take your shot. This one is for the city. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Up Next, the podcast where we tell you who's up next in youth sports. And of course, we always talk to some of the biggest players in the youth sports game. And we have that once again today. Uh, but first, of course, I'm Jamal Murphy and I got my co-host extraordinaire Khalid Green in the house. What's up, man? Peace, man. I'm just excited to bring Coach Montagna up, man. He's a, you know, he's an ally, comrade, and he's a legend, you know, in, in, the, in the field. So we just want to hear from him and I'm happy to have him on. No doubt about it. As you said, we have a, a great guest today, uh, Coach Joe Montagna from Blair Academy's Blair Academy's coach, uh, Joe Montagna. He has four state titles, most recently in 2019. He has too many Mid-Atlantic Prep League titles to count or to talk about, so I can't, I'm not going to run all those off. Uh, he's coached six NBA players, 70-plus D1 players. Uh, he coached the USA team at Nike, Nike Hoop Summit this year, and he's coached, uh, you know, legends such as Luol Deng, Royal Ivy, and Charlie Villanueva. Uh, in it, you know, during his career. So, Coach Montegna, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Guys, pleasure to be here. Thank you for all the good work you're doing. Uh, it's really, really humbled to be here. Thank you. So, uh, you know, I just I ran off all these, you know, ridiculous accolades that you have. Just, I guess, my first question would be, you know, you've been in the game a long time. Like, how did, you know, how did it all start for you? You know, from the, from the very beginning, did you play ball? Uh, you know, when did you fall in love with the game? You know, how did, how did this all start? I am the uh, son of a Hall of Fame high school basketball coach in Massachusetts. So my father's in the Mass- Massachusetts High School uh, Coaches Hall of Fame. So uh, I grew up in a gym in uh, Western Mass, right near UMass, and uh, played for my dad in high school. Um, some would say, well, some would not, and, uh, went on to play a little bit at Ithaca college, had a cup of coffee there. Uh, my players always say that I was a division three and a half player. I think they were probably, uh, probably accurate, but played, uh, at Ithaca with, uh, a lot of guys, uh, John Dunn, who's the head coach at Marist was there when I was there and, uh, you know, it's fun. And, uh, and then went on to be, uh, the youngest division one assistant in the country when I was 21 years old, uh, and, and coached at the college ranks for most of the 1990s before coming to Blair in 99. So that was uh, the very quick version of my, uh, but I've been in basketball my whole life. I, I grew up in gyms and uh, it's my most comfortable place. Mm. Coach. Um, so the, what a lot of people don't know, I used to coach at with the Panthers and it, it really, uh, it was like, uh, uh, I don't know how you call it, but, when I walked in the gym and I saw Bill and Nueva up on the up on the wall, and then I saw other you know players that I coached against, you know it was it was a it was beautiful to see in your gym, and we I'm not even going to get into how beautiful the campus is, Jamal. You know I mean this this I I went to Morehouse College, and we got a lot we got a long way to go. Let's just <laughs> <it like> that. <laughs> right. but no seriously, man. You know what it what 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 was it like during that time? coaching Charlie Villanueva and, you know, um, you know, some of the other ones that you've coached and how have you changed as a coach? Cause I think we spoke about that 
you know, in your office, you know, can you get, can yeah. You <laughs> well, how I've changed as a coach is probably a good coaching nerd podcast. I do a lot of those too. And uh, there's probably some coaches we could do a side podcast on how I've changed. Right. But, you know, when I got here in 1999, um, I was fortunate enough to bring a 14 year old Luol Dang uh, here, you know, having no idea he was going to turn out to be what he was. And a 18 year old Royale Ivy who had just come off a, uh, a city championship for Cardoza. And so those are my first two recruits to Blair. So obviously I became a better coach really quickly. That was the first time I'd ever coached my own team because I was coming from the college ranks. Um, and then when Royale went off to Texas, which is its own story that year, we brought in Charlie year two. And so then I had, as it turns out, again, we didn't know it at the, in the moment, both of them being sophomores, but as it turns out, LeBron ends up being one. Lou two and Charlie three in the class of 2003. So, you know, as it turns out, I had two lottery picks in the gym and um, I'm glad there was no social media at that point. Um, We were like the Beatles. Uh, The message boards were just starting, you know, and um, there were people walking in out of my office that I couldn't believe. And all of a sudden I had just taken the job at Blair to kind of be like my dad and just coach high school basketball and try to impact young people and all of a sudden I was coaching the Beatles year two. And um, I'm glad it didn't play out on social media in front of the whole world the way it does for these kids now. And even for young coaches now, um, right. we all kind of cut our teeth together. We're all still really close. I coach with Luol and Royale in the summers for the South Sudan men's national team. Charlie and I see each other multiple times a year. Um, I, I have so much love for all three of those guys. And, I, you know, I call them along with a few of their teammates, the founding fathers of Blair Academy. And, and, and I, I tell people all the time, you know, there was no tradition here. There was no winning here. We all just sort of, you know, put down Blair Academy basketball together during this time. And we barnstormed around the country and played and we won some, we won most, we lost a few and we learned a lot of lessons along the way. And I, and the last thing I would tell you, Khalid, is I do tell those guys now, I wish I could coach that team as a 53 year old rather than a 30 year old because all the lessons I've learned in the last, you know, quarter of a decade would serve me better now. Um, but we figured it out together. You know, they were young players and I was a young coach and we loved each other and we were enthusiastic and we made plenty of mistakes, all of us. But uh, we did it from a place of love and and we competed every day. And and, and uh, I wouldn't trade those. I wouldn't trade those years for the world. Absolutely. Having a, a great team at such, you know, such a young age. And when you first got there, how did that change? You know, did that put more pressure on you immediately after? How, you know, how did, how did you deal with that? Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm running practices in front of Coach K and Roy Williams and John Calipari when I'm 31, you know, and so, yeah, there was a, I mean, I put a lot of pressure on myself anyway and still do, but there was a bit of an imposter syndrome and I wouldn't lie, there's still days I have imposter syndrome at the point when I'm, people are asking me to be on their podcast, <laughs> um, but, but uh you know, yeah, it was, it changed the game. Like I said, I really didn't have aspirations to build a national program and I wasn't trying to create a place where we were going to, you know, turn out pros and and dozens and dozens and dozens of D1 players. So everything changed real quickly. And, I, and I'm not going to lie. It wasn't that I didn't like it. I mean, I'm coaching better players in prep school than I ever did in college. Um, and, and we had access to people and things that I would have never guessed and USA basketball ultimately and coaching national teams. And so the bouncing ball has taken me amazing places. And I don't think without Royale and Lou 
um, and Charlie Villanueva and, 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 you know, a number of other guys, Ben Kenyon, who's the strength coach for the Philadelphia 76ers. Now he was on those teams. A couple of guys who are now coaches were on those teams. So, um, you know, those guys really changed the trajectory of my professional and, and frankly, my personal life. Yeah. I, I would say coach, cause I haven't been to too many gyms where I see the coach's name on the floor. You know, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's big time coach. <laughs> well, Khalid, the name doesn't get on the gym floor unless there's good players. That no question. The hoop, right. <laughs> no right. Question. So uh, I never, never get that twisted. And my wife's no name question. is on the floor next to me because I, the reason I agreed to do that, because I had some reservations about letting them put the name on the floor. But if they, I said, if they put my wife's name next to my name on the floor, that I would do it because she sacrificed so much uh, raising my three kids and, and, and frankly, helping raise so many of these guys that played for us. So um, when they agreed to do that um, is, is, you know, I, I wanted that to be the message with my name being our name being on the floor was, was that my wife would be honored as well. Absolutely. Coach. I want to touch on that too, because like, I mean, I, I say this sincerely when I got on the campus and then of course, when I got in the gym, you can feel the culture. You can feel the family like atmosphere, Blair. So, you know, whatever stamp that you and your wife have, have put down on it, you it, it, I, it was my first time there. And I know, you know, it resonated with me and I know it resonated with people around me. So much respect to you guys on that. Well, thank you. I, I work really hard at the basketball side of things. And I, and I think we do a good job with the basketball side of things. But I think we what we do at a world class level is build culture, build family, care for these guys. Um, put them in a position where they understand incremental improvement, put them in a position where they understand growth mindset as part of, you know, being a better person and, and just letting them fail at times. And, and I would say the last thing, Khalid, which, which I think plays into our culture is just telling guys the truth every day. Like, hey, I love you. I empathize with your situation. But for these two hours in the gym, whether you just got in a fight with your girlfriend, whether you didn't do well on a test, whether there's something going on at home, you know, you got to lock in for two hours. And we're all going to do the best we can. We're going to tell each other the truth. We're going to hold each other accountable. And I think, you know, again, I'm no expert, but but I think that's the sort of basis of our culture. And, and I do think when you see guys touch and talk and hold each other accountable in real time, it's palpable. You can feel it in our gym. And if, and if we're good, you should be able to feel it. And so the fact that you said you did, because we didn't talk about that offline, I, I appreciate that. Honestly, that's what it's about to me. You know, like a lot of people can coach X's and O's, but like we're trying to coach people. Right. Right. Absolutely. You know, you've been there. You've been at Blair. I think you said since 1999. So that's what 20 some odd years. It means yeah. I'm old, man. That's what it means. <laughs> <laughs> you, me, me too. I'm old too. Um, <laughs> when you, when I think of that, you think about the, how the, how the landscape has changed in, in 20 <laughs> in, in, in this, in, in that longer period, um, you know, from when you got there as a 30 year old coach, not only have you changed, but how has, how has the, the prep school dynamic changed the high school basketball changed? Like, like, how would you describe the change that you've seen? Whew. That's its own podcast too. Um, I, the, the, the quick answer would be when I got here in 99, um, the public schools in New Jersey were still a big deal and not that they're not, but there, you know, the, there was Linden high school and a number of, of high level, uh, public schools that were very good. I mean, you know, national level. And, and then of course you had coach Hurley and, and Kevin Boyle, you know, at St. Anthony's and St. Pat's, 
Um, and then we were kind of the new kids on the block. It was like, oh, what's this thing? You know, because the the prep schools in the 80s and 90s would, would have an occasional postgrad who was a division one player, go to an Ivy League school. But it was never, you know, not many high major guys at the prep schools in New Jersey. And so we came on the scene with these guys and it and it it got real fast, you know, and um, people were trying to figure out, you know, they thought all our guys were 25 years old, which they weren't, you know, and they thought our whole team was postgrads, which we never were. Um, we have a two postgrad limit. And so there was a lot of miss, um, it was misconstrued. And so now what has happened as, as you guys both know is, is that now there's a whole nother notch right now. Now we, as the prep schools, we're kind of the, 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 the older brothers and the big guys on campus, but now you have, you know, overtime elite, and now you have the G League Ignite and, and now you have uh, academies where they're basically kids aren't really even doing academics or, or if they are, it's online for a couple hours a day, more of a European model. Um, and so and now the state of New Jersey is pushing back because they, they just lowered the game limit for public schools and parochial schools. Um, they don't want to give power rankings to if they play schools like us. So they're basically trying to take the elite athlete out of New Jersey and push them toward prep schools and push them toward other places. So um, the landscape is changing, you know, really quickly, guys. And uh, I, I think there'll probably be an IMG or two in every state in the next eight or 10 years. And now this Nike elite league is here. So ESPN is going to be covering high school games. And I, I think the elite athletes are going to be plucked out of their place at even a higher rate. And they're going to be forced to go to places like Blair overtime elite. Um, maybe this no, new Nike league. I mean, I think that's where these kids are going to go. And so, you know, as the son of a public school coach who impacted his home community and just took the kids that were there each year from his town I get why people pine for the old way, but the flip side is our guys are training all year long. They're playing against and with other elite players. And if you really want to grow, you have to test yourself. So I see both sides of the argument, but right. um, the elite athletics in high school is, is, is a thing. And it's going to, it's only going to grow in the next 10 years. I think, sorry, what I hope that wasn't too long of an answer. No, no, not no. at all. What do you think is like, is, is the, do you think the grassroots, the, the sneaker companies are, are pushing that agenda or is it coming from, you know, the the other side? Is it coming from kids just wanting more? What pushes every agenda? The the dollar, okay. the almighty the dollar, dollar pushes right. every agenda, doesn't it? I mean, I think everything starts with money, right? I mean, right. I think the, the sneaker companies are complicit in that. I think ESPN is complicit in that. Um, I think boarding schools like ours, we like the attention. We like to have a national team. It brings more, you know, you guys have me on today talking about Blair Academy, right? My school likes that as long as we're right. doing it with high character people. So I think we're all complicit in it, but it starts with the almighty dollar trying to figure out who the next, um, you know, LeBron James or Kobe Bryant is and, and all, you know, and, and trying to put these guys in positions where the sneaker companies know who they want to back earlier and the teams can make good decisions. And, um, and it's all fueled by the internet. And, and I mean, it's a different world and, you know, I'm 53. So you either, you know, you either adapt or perish. So we're, we're ready to adapt and we're not going to go the Nike league. We, we had talked about it a little bit, but we're, we we do not want to do that right now, but um, we're okay with taking elite athletes and playing an elite schedule. And um, you know, we're not what we were 25 years ago and we're in a new world and we're going to have to adapt to that new world and use social media to do so. And, and uh, just interface in the world as best we can. So, uh, but, but geez, it is so different from when I got into this, of course. I, I mean, you guys know that. 
Right. Well, one question you know I've had in the past few years is uh, you know you you talk about Blair Academy you know you know in the '90s or early 2000s and and uh, the prep schools were like you know it was looked at like oh that's where you go for in a, an extra year you know you did your your post grad year like you said now you know you got kids being held back and Khalid knows this very well you get you're getting kids held back as early as like seventh eighth grade uh, you know to get that extra year it's almost like the post-grad year, but early, you know, and then you can reclassify or whatever. What, what's your feeling, you know, as far as that goes, like how, you know, how early kids are doing that? Do you, do you think that's a good thing, a bad thing or, or somewhere in between? Well, I will tell you guys, and Khalid knows this too, so many of the post-grads I had in the early years I was here, they would say, ah, oh, you know, I, I wish I could have been here for all four years or three years. You know, I, I, I didn't know that these places existed. I'm from a, you know, not a guy of means or, you know, not from a family that ever sent anyone to prep school. And they would always say like, if I knew I could have done this as a sophomore, I would have come earlier. So, you know, now the flip side is um, if some kids in a great high school program and it's, they're the big man on campus as a sophomore, it's not a bad thing to stay back at Lincoln high school or whatever and play in the city championship and all, you know, that's awesome too. So, you know, we've never recruited guys to leave, their places. But if someone like Khalid reaches out to me and says, Hey, one of the guys on our grassroots team might be interested. Or if a college coach reaches out and says, Hey, a kid's not in a great high school situation. Can he come as a reclass sophomore? Like we'd much rather take kids for four, three, two years and reclass them. They're older, they're more mature. They're ready to play a national schedule. Um, we feel like if we, if you give us four or three or even two years with a kid, we can be much more impactful academically they get they have a year or two to get used to the school before they have to perform on the highest level. Um, and we feel like our development program here, you know, we we can we can develop these guys all year long. I mean, we have I mean, Khalid was in it. We have a full time strength and conditioning coach and we have a, a facility that's just for us and the girls varsity basketball team. It's like a college facility that they have to slide their ID card and no one else can even get in no gym classes, no volleyball team, no nothing. So the amount of reps that these guys can get here along with a world-class education, along with living away from home and getting used to that, by the time they get to college, it's old hat. As long as we send them to the right level um, and they're going to be seen and evaluated here more than a lot of places. Again, not more than Lincoln High School or Christ the King, but more than most places, you know? So um, that that's kind of the sell. And that's why I've, I'd rather coach a guy for three or four years rather than one year because I just think we can make more of an impact with a kid. Mm -hmm. Speaking of exposure, coach, what is your what does your schedule look like this year? Like what some what are the some some of the highlights on your schedule? Yeah, we'll play in the slam dunk to the beach in Delaware and uh, we'll play in the national prep invitational and hoop group runs a number of national events that we'll play in. And then we like to play in a lot of regional events around New York and New Jersey. We'll play in the city, I think, three or four times this year. And, um, you know, we just like to play in a bunch of big events where basketball people will come and see what we do. Obviously. We don't exist in a bubble the way we used to pre-social media. I think kind of people do know now who we are, but sometimes, you know, people don't see us unless we're at some of these big events. So I, it's not really as much um, for my guys to get recruited because college coaches are in here every day. Um, it's more for, to help us get the next guy, you know, right. for people to say, Oh, they're, they're, they're talented or this guy plays there or look at this fast up-tempo style they play or, or whatever it is. So, you know, there's a, there's a mix of getting our guys exposure and getting our program exposure. So more people want to come in the future.
Absolutely. What does your roster look like? Uh, are there guys that that you're high on this year? Um, not to put too much pressure on anybody, but uh, no, no. I, I honestly, I I think this is the first year where we don't have a stone cold high major kid in my 25 years here, and I'm super excited about this team. But this, well, I should I should say we don't have a stone cold high major senior is what I meant. We have some young guys that I think will definitely be high majors. But in terms of my older guys. We have a lot of Patriot Ivies. We have a kid committed to Brown. We have a kid committed to Cornell. We have a kid who's probably going to commit to the Naval Academy. Um, our, our core guys, um, and then we have a kind of mid to high major point guard, um, but our core guys are sort of low division one, three and four year guys, been here, been through the wars together. And then we mix in some younger guys who are super talented. And, uh, and we have a couple more super talented 2026 guys that I think are coming next year already. So um, yeah, I'm excited about this team, but we we don't sort of win the internet the way we often do this year. And, and I'm okay with that. I'm kind of I'm kind of pumped to take this veteran, old, um, low and mid division one guys and and go go beat your high major guys, or maybe go lose to them. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you do you feel like that's like as a coach, that seems like the like the better team, like you you know what I mean? Like a, a tougher type team, almost like uh, division one, you know, college, college basketball, where the teams that have older, maybe not lottery, young lottery picks, they, they tend to do better, go further. Is that, is that how you're looking at it? I love that Jamal. I'm going to use that. When I use that, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll credit you. No, I, I do think, I, I do think we're tougher and we're older. Um, unfortunately we lost a six ten post-grad to a season end, ending injury already, mm-hmm. which really hurts our, our depth up front. So there's going to be some games we're just outsized, but no, I love that, uh, thought about it. Um, the flip side is, you know, we had a kid named Otega Owe last year who's at Oklahoma now. And, you know, we'd always say he would he would laugh, but we'd always say, you know, like he was our dude. And, and it is true. I mean, you guys know this being around the game as long as you both have. Like sometimes it's good to have a dude that can just go get you a bucket. Right. right. And I'm not saying we don't have guys who can go get us a bucket this year. But like when you have an older dude and we've always kind of had that. And this is the first year we don't have like a high major dude that can just go chase you a bucket or two that fourth quarter when, you know, you're getting stalled or what whatnot. So um, it'll be interesting. I think we're going to be kind of dude by committee this year. And um, and and I think it's going to be a test for our coaching staff. And I think um, we're going to need some guys to step up. And I'm, I'm super excited about it. We have we have kind of an all in group and the culture is really good, as Khalid said. And I think you can get a lot done the way those mid-majors do, to your point, in March Madness. I think we can be that kind of team if we stay healthy. Hmm. Well, I guess one, one of the last questions I got is I, got, I want to I'm gonna ask you another philosophical, uh, you know, general sure. general question. But, you know, you coach the USA, USA team. Um, so you've seen you know, world, you know, the basketball on the world stage and what's what's out there from kids on, you know, all over the world. Uh, you know, uh, recently America, American kids get kind of a bad name, you know, talk about AU and and the world's taken over the last the last few NBA MVPs have been from, you know, not not been Americans. Uh, you know, what's your feeling when you when you see young kids from around the world performing compared to what we're doing here, where do you see America is in terms of, you know, basketball in the future? Do you think it's in a good place, bad place or whatever? No, I think it's in a good place. I'll tell you, I coached the Nike Hoop Summit team last spring in Portland, which is the top 12 guys. So kind of 12 McDonald's All-Americans, right? And like, I spent a week with those guys and coached them in a scrimmage. And then ultimately we won the game. 
by like 22 points over the world team. Now, when Mignogna did not show up, we were all very happy when he didn't come <laughs> off the plane. It might have been a little different had he rolled off the plane based on what I saw this past week. But um, I was uplifted by that group. I mean, here's the top 12 guys. They each got, you know, hundreds of thousands of social media followers. They're signing NIL deals literally that week as the week went on. And yet they were workers. They were coachable. They were high character dudes. They had a growth mindset. They didn't think they were like there yet. They were, you know, one to know how they could get better. They were picking the brains of everybody around them. I was really uplifted by that experience. I, they played hard. They were competitive. They were coachable. I mean, if that's the top 12 guys in the country and they had that approach and, you know, they had come off a of Geico, they'd all been at the McDonald's game. So they were tired um, as well. And, and, and we pushed them, I mean, within reason and, and, so I think USA basketball is doing a good job of not only getting the most talented guys, but the best dudes. And I think they've said no to a few guys that they, they thought would kind of upset the, um, the group from a chemistry and a work and a mindset standpoint. In terms of your bigger picture, I mean, I spend, you know, as the assistant coach for the South Sudan national team, I, I spend time in Africa every summer looking at the best young guys in Africa and, 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 you know, um, and, and we've run, Luol Dang and I have run camps in, in, in England for years, and, and we've been to Australia a few times. I mean, listen, there's a lot of great players out there. And now the coaching's way better internationally, as you guys know. And so I don't think it's necessarily what we're doing wrong here. I think it's more what these other countries are doing right. The, the academies they have, the coaching that they have, these guys are starting at a younger age. And they actually grew up being basketball players. Again, I'm older like I remember recruiting international kids 20, 30 years ago. They didn't have great instincts because they they a lot of them didn't start playing. A lot of them were big, right, Khalid? A lot yes, of them were big yes, guys, yes. didn't start playing until they were 14. So right. they'd get here and they wouldn't have great instincts. But now these kids are playing when they're six years old. And they're they're also, you know, the other thing, I they watch the game on TV, you know, or on on their computers. And so that's the other thing. When we were in the VHS world in the 1990s and <laughs> no satellite, no YouTube. It was harder to watch a game. And now these guys grow up watching NBA games, Euro League games, you know, FIBA games. And so I think because they've they've had more reps with their eyes as well, that they're not as behind our guys. So I think those are some of the big separators, the differences now, and that's why they're catching us. But it's it's impressive, right? I mean, yeah. Wembenyana, yeah. uh Jokic, uh yeah. Giannis. I mean, yeah. you look at you look at the best players in the world. I mean, goodness gracious. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. I think I think uh, you know the way I look at it. When I, you know, without going towards that question, when when you see great basketball, you just appreciate it, no matter where it comes from. You you know, so you don't even think about it unless the question pops up. But you're right. I mean, it's not so much what we're doing wrong. It's that you know people are catching up as as they're supposed to, and we're also helping them catch up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, social. I, I feel like this is the fourth time I've referenced social media, but social media makes the world smaller, right? right. I mean, the videos, the recruiting, sharing coaching tips, sharing individual development tips. I mean, the world's so small now. If you want to learn how to do anything, whether it's play the violin or coach basketball or teach a drop step, you just need to spend time, you know, studying others and everything's at our fingertips now. So, you know, I, I'm just not here to listen to people that think they can't get better at something because no matter what we want to get better at, it's at our fingertips in 2022, the way we are all old enough to remember when that wasn't the case. You know, it was hard to gain knowledge 30 years ago when I wanted to learn how to teach a ball screen. And now I can go on my Twitter and find it in 10 minutes if I want to. Right. So, right. you know, you just got to get down to work and decide what you're going to spend your time on digging into. Yeah.
No doubt. Well, thank you, Coach. We really appreciate your time. Once again, this has been Coach Joe Montegna uh, from Blair Academy. Uh, like I said, four state titles, most recently in 2019, uh, six NBA players, 70 plus D1 players, obviously a wealth of knowledge. And hopefully we get you we get you on again in the future. And you, and you said uh, you have a few games in the city this year. Uh, Kalina and I are trying to hit up a bunch of high school games. So you got to let us know so we can uh, come check your your old. Hold up, hold up. Before we finish, we have to shout out his wife. What's your wife's name, coach? Shelly, Shelly. Yeah, listen, she holds it down. Got to shout out the wife. My man has to go home and sleep right tonight, all right? <laughs> no doubt. Ali, thank you. I appreciate you. I no appreciate question. you. Love to have you guys come talk to my team. If we catch up with you in the city, love to have you address my team about all the wealth and knowledge you guys have. We try to bring in speakers and talk to these guys so they're not always listening to me droning on. So appreciate being on with you guys. Absolutely, Coach. Thanks for having, Thanks for coming on. Yes, right, thanks, thank Coach. You. All right. Great stuff. Coach Joe Montagna, uh, Blair Academy. Uh, we'll check them out this year. You know, they have a long, long history in this game. In the prep school area, last 20 years have been powerhouses. Uh, he said he has a solid team this year. I'm sure they will be. And, you know, he got some things coming in the future. Thanks to uh, Khalid and others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a, he, you know, that coach, coach, I, I have a lot of respect for coach. Um, just watching how he runs his practice, watching how he, he uh, uh, you know, runs his culture. Uh I think the kids, you know, I, I watched the workout. They were they were going hard, and it's, I don't even think that they there was a full practice. And you know, you could tell that they were they were playing with the purpose and um, playing for their coach. You know, playing for their program. So much respect to the Blair Academy program and Coach Montagna and his wife. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Always, always. You know, it's, ne it's never it's never a dude doing it by himself ever, ever, ever. <laughs> know how that goes all right so that's it for us uh, another great episode of up next uh, of course thanks to the listeners for for your support keep uh following us on social media at up next pod on instagram at up next underscore pod on twitter of course check us out uh and subscribe to us on youtube up next pod we got a lot going on there um, we got a lot going on everywhere so you know keep uh supporting us and all that good stuff and uh, we'll be back next week with a lot more stuff. We got we got people lined up crazy the next couple of weeks. Some you know big time coaches, big time players, you know right. more of the same what we've been doing. Right. And I wanna I wanna continue to shout my book out, Free Game: A Parent's Guide to Navigating Black and Brown Youth Through Sports and Beyond. You'll be able to purchase on Amazon, web, my website, and everything. Definitely. Definitely. All right, people. See you next week. All right, peace. What you doing? Just got home. Practice making perfect. Perfect timing. Put me in my zone. Two, three, thirty-two. Thirty-three like birdie two. Time to put on for your city when they never heard of you. Ball player. Ain't no watching from the side. Picking up them pieces. Ain't no limits in the sky. Said you got up next. Well, gon' show them why. One, two, that's a three. Now take your shot, ball player. Bishop Lachlan, purple and gold, that's a flex. Uh, Kylie Green, got me a scally before he left. Uh, Joe Cash, something like dollars on the check. Uh, they had then, I got now. Now guess who next? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.